On the first episode of Checking In, I'm your host, Monique Wilson, and I'll be having a conversation with two recent college graduates, Jamila Sila, a class of 2020 graduate, and Amber Stanford, a class of 2021 graduate. Both students spent four years at Georgetown University, a private higher education institution in Washington, DC. The goal of this conversation is to check in with these individuals about entering the next chapter of their life. For most people raised in the United States, the education system takes nearly 20 years of their life, not including graduate school or doctoral programs. After college graduation, students are pushed into the workforce with more flexibility to decide what they're gonna do with their life. Stanford and Sila will talk about their experiences at Georgetown, their life after, and how they maintain their wellness during the ups and downs of life. My first conversation is with Amber Stanford, a class of 2021 graduate from the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University. Could you please use one word to describe yourself now that you're a Georgetown graduate? I think I would use the word amazed. I think back when I was a high school senior choosing schools, I didn't imagine um, this at all. I, I didn't know what I could do or my future would look like, but I just, I think I'm amazed at like the opportunities I had at Georgetown, but also just how I was able to be involved in so many things and take advantage of the opportunities I had um, to do things I could not dream of. Um, so like when I came to Georgetown, I did not know there was a field to study religion. Now that I have, you know, done research in my field and also have been like funded by organizations and programs to continue doing my research, it's kind of amazing to see how much I've grown as a person. Looking back over the last four years, and obviously you mentioned how you couldn't have seen yourself accomplishing all that you've accomplished. Was Georgetown worth it to you? You know, it's funny because a friend asked me that a couple of days before graduating. And at first I was like, okay, like worth it, like return on investment, I guess so. Um, but also not thinking of it like through financial terms, but thinking about it through time. Was it worth my time going to class all those times or participating with activities with friends or going to sports games? And I think like, I would say it was worth it. Not just like the classes, but just the people I got to meet, the amazing friends I got to make, um, just the weird random occurrences at Georgetown, like, you know, meeting a former president or going bowling at the White House. I think these are weird things that Georgetown students sometimes have the opportunity to have, but you can't put a price tag on those. And so I think that going to Georgetown, I think was worth it for me and not simply for like the outcomes that people often talk about when they choose colleges, but just like for the community that Georgetown has and also the people that kind of make Georgetown special. Now, another spin on that question is, would you do it all over again if you could? I think I would do it all over again by choosing to go to Georgetown and, and spending four years there. But I think that I would do things differently. I think that I would take more time for activities and take more time for friends, but also have less stress and not worry so much about the future. I think that when I came to Georgetown, I had so many expectations for what my future should look like or what I should be doing or the people I should know. And I think I spent more time worrying and stressing and thinking about the future when I could have like been more in the present. Advice I give to students looking at Georgetown or students like who are starting Georgetown is to like be happy and be aware of the present. Use your time wisely, not thinking that you have to use your time to be productive or to use it for the future, but just like think about how much, you know, your friends might mean to you or your family might mean to you rather than just worrying about the future. I totally relate to that. I feel like I blinked and I'm a senior. 
like what is going on <laughs> but you talked a little bit about how you came into Georgetown with all these expectations of where you should be who you should meet things like that could you talk more specifically about how different you are now versus how you came in sure a very good question. When I came into college, I was trying very hard to fit into my new environment. Georgetown was very different from my home life. I came from a majority Black area. Most people were from similar like financial backgrounds as me, um, like cultural backgrounds. And so I came to Georgetown, I felt that I had to push my way through in order to fit in. I think in doing so, I didn't appreciate my own community or my own worth. But I think that through just the activities of the university or meeting people in just like a lot of reflection, honestly, I, I think I became more comfortable with who I am and realize that I too am important and I too have worth. Thinking about um, like the first year Amber or just like even sophomore Amber, I think I'm much more confident in myself and my abilities. And I'm not allowing other students or just people around me to kind of influence who I should be just based on their own beliefs and their own expectations. But I'm kind of reflecting on myself and saying like, hey, is this actually the Amber you want to be? Or is this the values you want to portray? And thinking more about my own What's the one thing that you'll miss the most about the Hilltop? I think I'm going to miss the convenience of just talking to people all the time. When I moved from my first to my second year, it was crazy how my friends who lived the floor above me were so far away, even though they only lived in Henley and they were not even a five minute walk away from me. But thinking about my first, second year, that was such a hard transition for me, like having to walk the extra five minutes to visit my friends. And now realizing that my friends will be living on the East Coast while I'll be in the UK and how that five minute walk seems like nothing now um, when I, there's a whole ocean between us. Being, you know, in college and like living on the same campus as your friends is something I'm really going to miss. The random meetups that happen um, are also not going to be there. You know, leaving the hilltop, I think I'm going to have to figure out a way to stay connected with my friends, even if we're not the five minute walk away. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people even experienced during the pandemic. And when we had to go home, I haven't seen a lot of my friends in a year. Like, it's going to be so weird seeing everyone on campus again next semester. Do you have any ideas of how you're planning to stay connected? Obviously, it's very limited because you can't, like you said, it's an ocean away. But are there certain things that you're planning to do to maintain those relationships with those friends? Yeah, I um, had been thinking about this because I, I was th- telling my friends, I feel like we're better equipped than previous classes were. Um, to handle the distance because we had gone through, um, you know, being away for a whole 15 months. And so now we're used to like talking on Zoom or attending birthday parties on Zoom or just like FaceTiming randomly. Um, we did that before, but now it's has a different purpose, I guess. Um, and so I think that when I came back from, you know, Georgetown back in like March 2020, I, I there were some friendships I was really worried about because I they weren't the same. Like we didn't go to classes together anymore. We, we didn't go to club meetings. We couldn't say like, hey, like let's meet and go out somewhere because we just didn't have those physical spaces anymore. So we had to transition our friendships from the physical space onto this virtual platform and figure out what we could do together in order to rebuild the friendships around different things. So instead of doing, you know, attending a club meeting every Thursday night, my friend and I would do crossword puzzles on Sunday mornings. And so we had to like figure out like, which ways to keep the friendships going, but also what things don't really make sense anymore for us. Moving on to where you're heading next, I know you mentioned that you'll be in the UK and that you have a bunch of stuff going on. I'd love if you could expand a little bit more on like what you're going to be doing there, um, sort of where you see yourself in the next six months. 
Sure. So I guess in the academic sense, I'm heading to the UK as a Marshall Scholar. So I'll be there for two years. I will be pursuing two different master's degrees. The first one's in history at the University of Bristol and the second one's in religion um, at a different school. I often talk about the academic sense of me, like this is what I'm doing. This is like, this is what I'm going to study and these are my projects. But I think in the personal sense, I'm just very excited to live abroad, to study abroad. I never had the opportunity to um, go abroad as a college student kind of wish I had that chance and so this is kind of my opportunity to you know experience different cultures and even though it's also English I experience a very different form of English um, and understand um, how you know the UK and the US have parallels but also are very separate countries and cultures like I think randomly I told myself like hey Amber because you don't know anyone out there why don't you like take a dance class like no one's gonna laugh at you because they don't know you and so I'm just like thinking of new ways I can reinvent myself, but also kind of become more comfortable with who I am. Um, and so I think like, I'm going to try different things. So maybe a dance class or maybe a cooking class or just, you know, maybe like taking hikes now. Um, so I'm very excited for, you know, the next six, two months to two years. I love that. And I think it transitions great into my next and last question, which is how are you going to make sure that you continue to check in with yourself? Because I feel like during the pandemic, people had a lot of time to reflect. Like you said, reflecting is really essential. But as we move into a new sense of normal, you know, things are going to be a lot more accelerated. Things are people going to be doing things. You're moving to a whole other country, whole other continent. And so what what are you going to be doing to maintain your wellness, your sanity? What self-care tools do you use? One thing great about being in Georgetown is that I was able to be an escape leader, which is how I met you. Uh, and I think that going on those retreats took me like physically out of Georgetown, but also like mentally because I, you know, didn't do homework really. I didn't really study for exams. I was just able to focus on myself and focus on my community and reflect while there. Um, and I think the pandemic, it was hard to find those spaces while, you know, being online, because I just didn't want to be like on Zoom all the time. And I also just wanted to be with my family and be where I was and not so much attached to Georgetown while I was not at Georgetown. I figured out like different ways that I kind of was able to be in contact with myself more. And so I picked up crossword puzzles. Like I had never really done them before. I've never really been into games, but I felt that, you know, just by, you know, figuring out clues and puzzles, it was able to you know, take my mind off of stress and exams and focus more on things that make me happy or things that are kind of fun. I sometimes feel like I have to be doing something all the time. And I think that something I really picked up at Georgetown, um, just from the community and culture, uh, and just like the idea that we always have to be busy or we always have to be planning to do something and it has to be for our future and it can't be for the present. So I think that's one way I'm going to continue to like try to take care of myself, but also just check in every once in a while, make sure that like I'm still going to what I think I should be doing. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, coming on my show for my first episode. I really enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you for having me. I'm super honored. My name is Jamila, or Jock for short. I was passing 2020 grad, and I'm currently in New York City. Great. And where do you currently work? Um, I currently work at WeWork um, down in Chelsea, Manhattan. And what do you do there? So I do HR. Um, I'm actually in a rotational program. So I'm just going through, I'm spending six months in three different rotations for now. So I currently do people operations. What are the other departments that you'll be working in? Yeah. So the first six months I did talent acquisition. Um, so I was like recruiting and stuff, finding new candidates and the interns that we have now. So 
that was pretty cool. And then my next rotation will be learning and development. That sounds really cool. What's your experience been like so far? Um, so WeWork is a pretty cool company. Um, they basically sell office space. So it's like a corporate real estate company. So they have like 75 different locations in New York um, and a lot of different locations like all around the world and stuff. So I just I just do HR there. Recruiting was really fun. I really enjoyed like those first six months. I was really passionate. Well, still am, of course, but really passionate about like diversity and inclusivity. So I feel like I was able to do a lot with that when I was doing my first six months in recruiting. Now for people operations, I pretty just I pretty much just like make sure everyone has what they need, make sure like organizations and different teams are like all set in stone, like in our systems and all that. I do like compensation changes, promotions and all that. So it's a pretty cool job, I guess. It's definitely a lot of busy work. Since the company's so new, it's only like, I want to say like 11 years old. It still does have like that startup feel where like you can just jump into something if you, if they have like capacity or they need help. So I was helping with, even though I'm like outside of my talent acquisition rotation, I helped with like the interns. There was a um, orientation yesterday and we ran it. So stuff like that is pretty fun. Wow. I did not know WeWork was so young. Like I hear such great things about them and I just didn't realize they'd been around for such a short amount of time, but that's really cool. I would love to touch on what you spoke about with recruiting and how important it is for you know diversity and things of that sort so could you speak a little bit more on like why you feel like it's so important of course like I feel like as a black woman in business in corporate America already you know like I don't see a lot of me like anywhere um so I think it's really important to make sure we're like in those spaces and like being black and being a woman it's like a double-edged sword you know so if I'm able to like put people in a position to like get the opportunities that they rightfully deserve. And like, there's so many like surveys out there that really show that like men or like white men specifically, even if they, they're not like necessarily qualified for a job, they still go out and apply at higher rates than like we would people of color, women of color, black women. So recruiting to me was my opportunity. Like this is where I can like go and find the talent that rightfully deserves to be here. I don't like when people lowball their self. You know, even like applying to dress now, I'm sure you could relate. People are like, oh, it's really hard to get into, you know, but it's like, who said I can't get in? It's definitely, I feel important to give people that sense of confidence and just to like take up space. We deserve a, a seat at the table too. Period. Yes. I completely relate to what you were saying about even with Georgetown. We're both from New York and I don't know what school you went to, but I went to a public school. There wasn't like, you know, there was one college counselor for like everyone. So when I was over here telling her, yeah, I'm applying to Georgetown, she's like, ah, you know, you sure you want to do that, but whatever. I'm just grateful that I had support my family, like my dad who really pushed me to do that. Yeah. And then I got in. <laughs> so period. But I'd love to switch gears a little bit to graduation. Could you describe how it was graduating in a pandemic? You were part of class 2020. Things went sideways really quickly and there was little time to prepare for anything really. If you could just think back to that time, what were you going through? Graduating was really crazy. I think it was like March. I did like this course called Global Business Experience and pretty much it's like a consulting course. And then during spring break, you go to whatever country you were supposed to, to present to the company and everything. So that got canceled. 
And that's when I realized something's about to happen. Once they canceled that for spring break, I went home and literally like two days later, it was like, okay, everybody, you have until like March 29th to come and get all your stuff. And then like when I was saying goodbye to like my neighbors and stuff and some of my friends, it's like, wow, like I actually don't know when I'm going to be able to see you guys again. But it didn't really register that that probably would have been my last in-person goodbye for over a year. And it was also like just the last two months. Like those are the best months of your senior year. When did you come to terms with not having a typical graduation, you know, in person and then entering the workforce? Right. So my senior fall, I was applying to like, I was like heavy recruiting. Like I was like, I need to like make sure I have a job. Like especially the way the business school is set up. Like a lot of the jobs do open in the summer and the fall. So once the fall started, I felt like I was already behind. WeWork was one of the last jobs I applied to because I was just like, I need to like tune into my finals. So I, I found WeWork on LinkedIn and I was really like, I took a long, I took three weeks to decide that like to actually commit because I just needed to do my research and all that stuff. By the time the spring came up and job opportunities that were in my field started opening up, like I probably wouldn't have a job. I had friends getting their offers rescinded. I had friends that just couldn't get a job and they were highly qualified, high GPA and everything. I do feel really fortunate that my job aligned with the timing that it did. But once like, I think it was like April came around and they told us that like, we're not going to have an in-person and it's postponed. Like I wasn't really surprised that they canceled it, but it really hit me graduation day when we had it virtual that wow this like would be my farewell to my friends you know but instead I'm just like on a Facebook live trying to look at this webinar it that was very weird but it definitely made me think about which relationships really do matter to me which ones I want to nurture which one I, which ones I want to keep so I'm assuming like when you first started at WeWork it was strictly remote because New York was like under lockdown but as we're opening up how has that transition been for you, you know, in your first job? Luckily enough, I started in person pretty soon. Like I started going in a little bit like in August and it was like nobody there. So it was kind of good for like me and my manager to just work together in person. You can't really get a feel of the company and the culture and how people coexist with each other unless you're in the office, you know? And like, I'm kind of, I'm a very hands-on learner. So like, it'll be helpful for me if I'm able to like sit aside for somebody and really learn how to do it. Right. Yeah. Things are online. There's only so much you can really connect with, you know, which is definitely not the same. Do you think that Georgetown was worth it to you? Yeah. So I studied international business. I was a double major marketing and international business. Um, and I would definitely say it was worth it. I learned a lot, networked a lot, gained a lot of skills. I felt really prepared to compare with my peers. I never felt like, wow, like I can't get that. If I, if I see someone else like getting something amazing, it was really hard. It was a lot of pressure. I feel like, especially the business school, like it's so white, it's so competitive. Like, you know, everybody goes to like the same few companies or whatever, but just me being there and like excelling there, it was very hard, but it made me realize like, wait, I'm very worth it and very deserving of different things. I feel like when it comes to your degree and it comes to Georgetown, a lot of it is what you make it. I always felt like a lot of resources weren't right in my face. I kind of had to go grab them. But once I started figuring out how to maneuver and getting the things that I want for my career development or just for like experiences in general, I do think it was worth it. Sometimes I look back and I'd say like, damn, maybe I should have did a little bit more. It's not just academic. So many character building lessons I feel like I learned. So obviously you are now in a 
recruiting sort of mindset. And, you know, you already said that you have an expressed interest in recruiting. So I wonder in your experience in the first six months that we were, how, how beneficial is a fancy degree in the job search and in the workplace? So by fancy, I mean from a school like Georgetown or, you know, an Ivy League school, you know, give me the real, real stuff, you know, does that actually matter or is it dependent on the company? Is it dependent on the industry? You know, how does it vary? I think it depends on the recruiter, honestly. Like there are recruiters out there who do their due diligence and really love their job. And like, that's also one reason why I feel like I got lucky with the job that I have because I learned like how to like be unbiased, especially coming with my own experience, you know, like I feel like I used a lot of that to really like guide my decisions and like what schools, like I was looking into trying to create a pipeline so we could recruit from HBCUs. like. But aside from just Howard, you know, like there's so many, there's so many HBCUs with so much great talent other than Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, and Howard. Wonderful schools, of course, but just opening that pool is in itself is something that I feel like is important. I feel like when it comes to the name, it's more so depending on the recruiter. Like I feel like there are some lazy ones out there that are just like, oh, well, let's do from the Harvards, from the Princetons, from the Georgetowns, you know, but there is a lot more talent. Um, recruiters do look at your activities that you do like they want to see like your leadership you know like they want to see things that you do because your experiences don't only come from your job especially when you're in college you know so people don't really think about things like that but like if you have different experiences that can definitely make you a little more well-rounded than the next person damn well there's nothing we can really do about that and <laughs> like it's not just to put it on who we get (laughs) yeah that's really helpful for me and I hope it would be helpful for our listeners because I'm applying to internships right now and I'm sort of going through like from the applicant point of view I'm sort of you know I'm always thinking about how am I going to stand out right speaking of advice um (laughs) what advice or tips or suggestions um do you have for recent graduates so class of 2021 Yeah, so I would say first and foremost, you're way more than your GPA. Don't be scared if your GPA is not up to where it is. If you feel like you're insecure about your GPA, do not put it on your resume. It does not need to be on your resume. I'm not somebody who had a super sky high GPA. Um, So that's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say is like, don't undersell yourself. Like school is really hard and you learn a lot more skills than what you just learned in the classroom. So I feel like don't undersell yourself, always upsell and always just be as confident as you can. My next question and my last question is how did you check in with yourself last year, like during the pandemic, graduating? How do you continue to check in with yourself and like any self-care tips or tools that you use? I got into cooking a lot because, you know, we was at home. So it started to be like a lot more mindful of like what I'm putting in my body. That definitely made me feel really good. I didn't beat myself up about binging on Netflix. I feel like while I was at Georgetown, I'm always like, oh, well, I should be studying. I should be studying. But it's like, no, like just chill, you know, it's okay to just relax. And also I feel like being firm with your boundaries with that. Um, I learned a lot that my, the work that I do is not tied to my work. And like, once I realized that, like, I'm still worthy, even when I'm not doing anything, like, that really helped me. 
oh and taking walks and bike rides like that was my, I was city biking all last summer <laughs> so Ja thank you so much for being on my podcast I really appreciated everything that you had to say and can't wait to speak with you again of course thank you so much for having me In this episode, I talked to two college graduates from Georgetown University. While both are currently at different points in their life, they both know what it means to be a graduate. There are a few takeaways I'd love to emphasize. One, make time for your friends because you don't know what the next few months have in store. Two, always be open and accepting of new opportunities, whether on or off campus. Three, you will be fine. I know so many students, including myself, who experience anxiety concerning their grades, clubs, internships, and jobs. I hope this episode made you feel like all the thoughts and feelings you have are valid and that you will be okay. I promise. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. The next episode will be released soon, and I'll be discussing how staying active can help your mental health during hard times. Stay tuned for updates on at the Blacks of GU on Instagram. Follow me at Locomomo on Instagram and make sure to subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you use. I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, or night. And remember, you got this.